if you're not cloning yourself and you're not hiring somebody to manage the operations of your business, you plateau and you can't get beyond that plateau without it. Hey ladies, welcome back to another episode of B3 Boss Babies and Thoughts. While I talk about all things motherhood, entrepreneurial, and how to have fun with everything in between. I'm your host, Jessica with a Y, and I cannot wait to dive into today's topic. So make sure to grab your favorite cocktail, sit back, relax, and unwind. Let's have some fun. ladies, welcome to today's episode of Boss Babies and Bottles, better known as B3. Today, I actually have a special guest. Her name is Melissa Kamara. She's the certified online business manager and Amazon bestselling author living actually in Salt Lake City. She helps online business owners create organization and business strategies so you can scale your companies effortlessly. So hi, Melissa. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Jessica. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm super excited. Anything that has to do with women running their own things, I think it is amazing. So I know a lot of my friends and families, they've been listening to this podcast and it has really kind of inspired them to just kind of do their own thing and or elevate what they're already doing. So super excited to have you on, but let's dive in. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about you? Yeah. So you already mentioned I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. I have lived here my entire life, married, I'm a mom, um, and I'm a business owner. So I have a company that does online business management. It's called Melissa Gamara Management. Uh, mm-hmm. Super ingenious name, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm events by Jess. It's not yeah. a very genius name either. <laughs> yeah, it's to the point, right? People remember it. Um, <laughs> so I do online business management, which in a nutshell I always like to explain it from a brick and mortar perspective. Brick and mortar company, the owner of the company doesn't spend a ton of time in the actual office. Um, Most people can understand what I'm talking about. You hardly ever see the CEO. He comes in for meetings and things that require his attention. He's not necessarily there every day managing the people, handling the packages that come in, like doing all the things, especially as the business grows. There are more and more things that a CEO needs to focus on with relation to bringing in money for the company and mm-hmm. less management stuff that he has to do. So oftentimes they'll hire somebody who is a general manager, a COO, somebody who functions there on a daily basis, who takes care of things. Now in the online space, a lot of times people forget this step. They forget that they're not supposed to be the manager, the admin, the you know, the HR person, they're not supposed to be that. And so people forget this all the time in the online space. So what I do is I act as the virtual COO, the the general manager, the person who essentially is your clone and runs the back end operations of your business. So you can focus on some of the more important things like bringing dollars in the door or launching products or whatever that looks like. It's so a little boring, but it's important. <laughs> that is super interesting. I didn't even, I didn't really know there was a market for that until obviously I had met you and I kind of looked at everything. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, that is absolutely just amazing what you do for companies. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times I run into, I primarily work 
with women just because for me as a mom, I think it's super important for women to help other women in the online business space and just in general, you know, I think that it takes a village and I just love working with other women. So that is primarily my, my target audience is females in the online space. And, you know, I hear them say it all the time where it's like, I just need this clone. I just need to like clone myself so that I can do all of the things. And it's like, well, you're looking at it from the wrong perspective because you are not supposed to do all the things. Yep. (laughs) So it's, uh, yeah, it's one of those underseated markets where people don't really know that I exist. They just think that they're supposed to hire this unicorn VA to do everything. But eventually you get to a point in your business where if you're not cloning yourself and you're not hiring somebody to manage the operations of your business, you plateau and you can't get beyond that plateau without it. Exactly. And, you know, this was something I used to not in this company, well, in this company, I'm, I'm training and, and doing things like that. And what I do is with the weddings and whatnot, but in my other company, that's what I used to do. I used to kind of bring people up from the bottom and all have them spread out and open up different offices, but it was for solely one company, nothing of it like you do, but it's very true without that growth and without somebody there kind of making sure that it's all happening, it doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you get to where you are today? doing this kind of on your own and stuff like that? Yeah, so I got pregnant, let's see, back in 2018. Um, I went through a pretty significant miscarriage in 2017. So when I got pregnant in 2018, I was dead set on being just the best possible version of myself as I could for this, yeah. this new baby. And over time, I realized that me working 50 hours a week and paying somebody $1,000 a month, you know, nearly 50% of what I was making, basically to raise my child just was not, it was not the plan for me. Yeah. It was just mm-hmm. not, you know, it, does, it doesn't make a ton of sense. I'm going to spend all this money paying somebody else to raise my kid while I'm out making somebody else rich. It just, it didn't sit very well with me. I was probably entering into my third trimester or so when I kind of had this click of like, I need to put a business together and Mm. I need to do it now before this baby comes so I can quit while I'm on maternity leave and I don't have to go back to work. Yep. So I started searching for things that I could do. I have a background in business finance. So I used to work for a company that basically lended out money to smaller businesses so that they could do, you know, whatever they needed to do with their business. Mm -hmm. I actually worked on the back end of that. I worked on, you know, people who could not pay their bills back. They would essentially go through a collections process. They would go through collections people. And then once that was unsuccessful, I would handle all of the third-party contractors. I would manage all of those people in order to make sure that these people got served and cars repossessed and all of that really fun stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of with, fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's always funny because when I talk about it now, I'm like, I sound like such a jerk. <laughs> But, you know, it it was a stepping stone and unfortunately it's a job that people have to do. So that was kind of how I got my start in things. And I have an an accounting background in terms of college. So 
originally I had started this job with the intent to move into their accounting department and really work on the front end of giving people money. Yeah. Because that was much more of what I wanted to do, but everybody's got to start somewhere. So when I decided that I needed to go out on my own, I thought about the skills that I had and I thought, okay, freelance bookkeeping is a thing. People do that. So I'm going to freelance bookkeep. And as I was looking into this, I ran across the virtual assistant role, which kind of encompasses a whole litany of different tasks that people do, whether it's freelance bookkeeping, all the way to like website design, right? Like they kind of run the gamut. So I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out this BA thing and I'll just be a bookkeeping BA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took Abby Ashley's virtual assistant course, which at the time was all encompassing like how do you start this business how do you do all of the back end keeping track of it doing your taxes these were all things that as an accountant you would think that I would know but they don't teach you a ton of like small business accounting in uh, college so this was all new to me so I started started my work as a virtual assistant I really entered the market at a really good time. I was able to build my business and completely replace my income while I was still working a full-time job in my third trimester of pregnancy, which is not easy. No, but I was able to do it. I quit my job in February of 2019 um, and, you know, have not looked back Uh, over time. I found myself kind of moving into more managerial and strategic business partner style roles in each of the the different companies that I worked for. So people would hire me, but then they would inevitably ask me questions about like, well, what do you think about taking my business in this direction? And me, I'm a big picture thinker. So whenever they would say, hey, here's my goal, I'd say, okay, here's those steps that we need to follow in order to get to that place. So over time, as I kept doing this, I thought, all right, well, this really isn't virtual assistant stuff. This is more like strategic. (laughs) So so I went through the process of becoming a certified OBM because I started looking into like, what what am I actually doing for people? Because it's not virtual assistant work. So I came across. That's how it starts for everyone. You know, you kind of start off thinking, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And you end up doing something completely different. And that's okay. Because I feel like learning to adapt and learning to just kind of understand what you're good at through the process is what really kind of makes our businesses who they are, like finding our niche per se. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, because the virtual assistant world is so broad, it takes some time to really figure out what do I actually want to do? Because there are obviously a range of things that you can be doing. And there are things that you are not good at. There are things that you're good at, but that you don't like. There are things that people give to you that you can do, but maybe, you know, it's not your favorite. And then there are things that you are like in your zone of genius. So for me, it was a matter of finding, excuse me, it's a matter of finding that zone of genius. And for me, the managerial and strategic side of business Mm -hmm. is really where I wanted to be. I wanted to help people take their business from where it was to where they wanted to go. And I wanted to facilitate that. And because I had done basically management in my previous job, this was almost like the Cinderella shoe fit, right? Like I was finally able to work on the bright side of business, not this really crappy back end where people can't pay their bills, but I was finally able to, you know, take the managerial skills I had learned, 
work on the front end of their business and make a difference in people's lives. So I went through the OBM certification in 2019 and have been doing this now for a little over a year as a certified OBM. So that's what I do. Long, long story. Yeah, no. I mean, it's, I think it's fascinating, really, because I think so many, and you know, again, I, I talk to my listeners, which are, you know, the majority of women, I'm just like, and a lot of them want to start businesses, and a lot of them have their own businesses. And I mean, my thing is always, how can I help them? So, so with your skills, like how you, what do you, what are the business strategies and your top tips for, for my listeners, you know, like, what do you, what do you suggest for them? Yeah, so there's obviously a huge difference between having an actual business strategy and just setting goals. So a lot of times, and I try to talk about this before we'll dive into actually setting up a business strategy. So with goals, when you're setting goals, a lot of times people will just arbitrarily set them. So I find a lot of times people will say, oh, I want to get to, you know, a six-figure month right? Because I work with primarily people who are at that level, but I see it down at lower levels too. I want to get to 5k months. I want to get to 10k months. I want to get to 20k months. You know, when people throw out these numbers of like, oh, I want to make this much money. And I start asking them, well, why? Why do you want to make this much money? And, you know, inevitably they say, well, because that's what you're supposed to do. It's like, well, (laughs) but not necessarily. Um, It doesn't have to be this this willy-nilly thing because Susie over here did it and she's in the same industry as you. So now you're trying to follow suit with Susie rather than doing what makes sense for your business. And a lot of times this is why goals fall flat on their face because people don't actually set them up for success when they're thinking about these goals. They don't plan them in a way that makes sense. So with a business strategy, I like to think of it as it still takes into consideration what goals you want for your business. And we'll talk about that in a minute, but for the business strategy, it's much more focused on what are the next logical steps for your business and what actually makes sense. How can we, how can we do that? So I like to start by looking at previous performance in your business. It doesn't make a ton of sense for you to say, Hey, I want to make, you know, $500,000 next year when you haven't made anything, right? Like if you started your business today and you're like in the next, in 2021, I want to make $500,000. Like, well, okay, that's great. And it's, I mean, it could, it could happen, Yep. Um, but the likelihood is pretty low. So let's not, you know, set you so far behind the starting line that we're, we're having issues already. So Mm -hmm. if you look at previous performance and you say, okay, in a month over month trajectory, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I, you know, what the next logical step is for my business. And let's, you know, take that into consideration and say, is it logical for me to do $500,000 in 2021? Is it logical for me to be making $10,000 a month? Is this logical, right? Because that's the key. If you, if it's not logical, you're not, it's not going to happen. It's just not, uh, it's a statistics game really at that point. So then I like to start creating targets based on the performance. So, you know, when you're looking at things and you're saying, hey, is it logical for me to be making 10K a month, right? Let's say you're making 5K a month right now. Are you growing at a rate where you can make 10K a month in the next 90 days? Is that even feasible? Because if you're going from, you know, 
I make consistent 5k a month. Mm -hmm. Maybe let's focus on making consistent seven and a half, right? Like focus somewhere in the middle because a 5k jump can be a pretty significant jump for most people, especially if you're working one-on-one. -on -one. It's, it's one of those things that you have to take that into consideration when you're building these things. So creating targets based on what you're actually doing right now and making sure that you're set up for success to hit those. So then I like to write down everything that needs to happen between where you are now and the target that you have create, created for yourself. So whether that target, this like goal, quote unquote, is let's, we'll use the example of going from 5K to 7.5K. Well, what needs to happen in order to get you there? Well, if you're only working one-on-one, -on -one, you'll need to think about how many clients do I need to sign on to get me to the seven and a half K. Okay. Yeah. Now that we know how many clients you need to sign on, where are they going to come from? What proactive steps are you taking to pick these people up? Because it's one thing to say, oh, I set the goal. It's measurable. I know how to get there. But it's a totally different thing for you to actually say, what activities am I going to do right now to get me closer to that goal? What can I do over the next 30 days to bring on a new client? What can I do over the next 60 days to bring on another client? So really having a very, very clear step-by-step -step instructional path to get you from where you are to where you want to go. Exactly. And I always tell my, 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 you know, my, my followers, my listeners, and I said this before in a different podcast, a lot of it has to also do with where your brain is. Like if you think it's going to happen and you, all you, all you tell yourself and you have this vision in your head, like you, I don't want to say that it just, it just creates itself and manifests itself because, you know, I do think manifestation is great, but at the end of the day, like you have to think it and believe it and then work towards it. Yeah. You know? And that helps a lot. And that's why I think, you know, clear goals are so important because that really kind of helps, you know, take you to that level, wherever it is you want to get to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there is absolutely a certain level of mindset that mm -hmm. has to go into any type of goal, right? Like if you just flat out believe like I can't make 10 K a month, I can't make, you know, a million dollars a year. I can't do those things. Like if you flat out just have that mentality, you're behind the starting line at this yep. point, you know, and that's something that you have to really think about why can't I do this? And that's why this is such a, a great process for you to follow too, where you're actually lining up all the things that need to happen in order for you to achieve your goal, because mm -hmm. it makes it seem so much more possible, right? Like if you say, I'm, you know, I need to sign on two more clients in the next 90 days, right? In order for me to hit my, my next income goal okay, now we're going to talk about, I'm going to post daily on Facebook. Maybe you have a Facebook group that you're going to start nurturing more effectively. Maybe you haven't been the best on your email marketing. So now you're going to do that. Like having all of those things and saying, okay, we're now doing these things in order to actually start signing on clients so that we can get to the end goal. It makes it seem so much more reasonable, so much more attainable if you write down the action steps. And it feels a lot better because once you start completing those action steps, you're like, hey, I'm getting closer. Yeah. It, it just gives you this sense of accomplishment that setting, you know, a basic goal of like, I want to get to seven and a half K. Of course. Great. <laughs> yeah. No, 100%. It has to be small goals. And that's the same thing with yeah. anything in life, you know? 
are related to weight loss because that's something always everybody wants to do, right? It's like, well, yeah, of course you need to look at the big picture, but you also need to give yourself those small goals to hit because if not, you're going to feel like you're getting nowhere all the time and you get that overwhelming feeling. And then that overwhelming feeling leads to, I'm never going to do it. Yep. Absolutely. So it has to be small and then you have to, you know, you have to celebrate the little wins, you know, with whatever that comes with. I'm not saying to go out and celebrate and treat yourself because we live in that kind of world. And I'm not saying to not treat yourself either, but I'm just saying like celebrate the small things and the little wins because those are super important. It's the small things that take us to the big things. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So the next thing is creating a timeline for your tasks, right? And that really plays into actually celebrating your wins and holding yourself accountable and putting your feet to the fire and saying, okay, mm-hmm. by you know this time next month, I am going to do X, Y, and Z. Or even breaking it down further. Once a week, I am going to, you know, on Wednesdays, write my newsletter and then schedule it out for Fridays. Like whatever that looks like in terms of timeline, really having something that's measurable for you to work towards. And, you know, even putting a timeline, time frame on those littler tasks. Fine to put it on the big tasks, but if you don't put it on the littler ones, the little ones are what's going to get you there. So if you aren't holding yourself accountable to a timeline of, hey, I need to, you know, reach out to Forbes so that I can get myself in that magazine, you know, by two weeks from now, I have to send them a pitch. That holds your feet to the fire and it helps you accomplish the little task. The final thing, which again comes down to accountability, is making sure that your team is aware or if you work with an accountability partner, or maybe you have a business partner, making somebody aware of what it is that you're trying to accomplish is so, so huge when it comes to actually achieving what you have or what you want to have more, uh, moreover. So even if they don't, even if it's not a business partner or something like that, finding someone who is who is in the same boat almost that can hold you accountable, whether it's another business that you have a relationship with that's a friend or even a friend or family member or something like that, but someone that you know is really going to be there for you and kind of push you, right? Because we all have that one person we know will do it and then the ones who will kind of do it. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to like your weight loss example, Mm -hmm. more often than not, the biggest reason why people fail at nearly anything they do mm-hmm. is because if nobody knows about it, if nobody knows that you're on a diet, nobody is there for you to disappoint essentially. Yep. And yep. disappointment is a huge factor when it comes to setting goals for yourself and having that level of accountability is, is key really. No, you need to, you need to tell people what you're doing. You need to, and, and you know, it's, it's not even so much as like, you know, I don't, I, I shaming. It sounds like a bad, that sounds like a crazy word, but it is. It's somebody where, where you feel like you're going to disappoint them, you know, and, and that's, and it has to be somebody who you, who you think, you know, would, would actually kind of hold you accountable to that kind of stuff. So I love that. Those are some great tips and tricks for sure. And I try to break it down into those five different steps of making sure that you can actually build this business strategy and set yourself up for success. So I think that I'll just go over them one more time looking at previous performance, creating targets based on your performance, writing down everything that has to happen in order for you to achieve the goal. This is all the little tasks, making sure that those tasks have a timeline, and then making sure that you have some level of accountability, whether that's a team or an accountability partner or a business partner or a spouse, whatever that looks like for you. 
Awesome. So if you could give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? Yeah. So I think if I could tell my younger self anything, it would be to spend less time worrying about what people think of you. Oh my God. It's, mm -hmm. it's yeah. one of those things that, you know, you're not the first of my guests to say this and it's true. It's like, you're, we're so worried, especially as women, for whatever reason, we're conditioned to, to think like this. And it's like, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be worried at all. Like we are just, you know, we're these omnipotent, in my opinion, right? Um, female, you know, energy kind of people. And I'm just like, we just need to do things, you know, especially when we have that passion and that drive inside of us. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as a mother, I have gotten to this point where I, I feel like motherhood really transformed my personality for the better. And it really opened your eyes to, I don't know if we can swear on this podcast, but to well, how much bullshit there is. It's like, oh my gosh, I cannot even deal with it. Like I have a toddler that I have to deal with. I don't have time for <laughs> whatever crap you want to portray on me. Like yep. I'm going to do me. You can have fun and sit with whatever preconceived notion you have. And yep. I just, I'm like moving along. I got other things to deal with. I don't, you know, it's just one of those things that I feel like I spent so much time in my youth caring about, oh, so-and-so doesn't like me or so-and-so, you know, I don't have a lot of friends. No, I'm, I'm with you. I just, there's so much and, and, you know, and, and being a mom now, there's so much mom shaming. There really oh. is. It's terrible. And I'm like, and you know, I would say like, if somebody doesn't have kids, you shouldn't really you know, say too much because you really have absolutely no idea. And I wish I could have told myself that too, you know, growing up. Cause I think a part of me was always like, well, you can do this. And I'm now with kids. I'm like, okay, no, I get it now. You have to do what you have to do as a parent. And that just is yeah. what it is, you know? So I'm totally with you just, you know, shushing the haters and, and kind of doing our own thing. I think, you know, it's just yeah. huge. I love it. So last question for you, this wouldn't be the Boss Babies in Bottles uh, podcast. If I didn't ask you, what was your favorite drink or bottle? Yeah, so I'm a big wine lover. So for me, my favorite bottle is actually, it's a German wine, and I'm literally going to butcher the name so badly. The meaner? Ridiculous. Yeah, it's Gerstenmeiner or something. Yeah. <laughs> it, oh my gosh, it's so good. I'm, I'm a big fan of, I don't, I can't do really, really sweet wines. I can't do the Moscatos and stuff. Unfortunately, I get gnarly hangovers especially now as a mother like it's so bonkers yeah, that's all the tannins and the sugar and the oh. wine. i know a lot about wine me and my husband are, are a big wine wine fan yeah. yeah so for me that's a really nice middle ground wine where it's got you know a nice natural sweetness and it doesn't necessarily give you the crazy sugar hangovers the next morning where you feel like I'm gonna throw up if I even move out of this bed. <laughs> yeah, I remember the, I don't remember when exactly, but I do remember me and Pete, like me and my husband a few years back, we uh, were, again, we do wine tastings. Everywhere we can go, we do them. Everywhere we've been. And uh, we tried a Gershaminer and I was like, this is absolutely fantastic. Um, a little bit harder to come by, but they're definitely out there. Um, so for those of you who have not tried a Gershaminer, make sure that you do. You'll know what it is because you won't be able to pronounce it and the wording looks very German. So like, yeah. you'll know. <laughs> the, word, the word is like 20 letters long. Yeah. It's so crazy. And for <laughs> us here in Utah, Utah is one of those states where 
we have a really strict alcohol, like we have such strict alcohol laws. We don't. But we have a specific section in our wine store specifically for this wine. We have like maybe right. three or four different options, but the Fetzer brand is a really great option. It's a cheaper option. I think it's less than 14 bucks. So, you know, doesn't get much better than that. And it's a great wine. So that is awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. Yeah. Miami's not strict at all with our liquor. I know Miami tried to kill me last. We went, um, that sounds about right. That's, yeah. 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 <laughs> we, we had like fishbowl drinks one time and I was so ill prepared for this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got to be ready, you know, I tell people, I'm like, if you're going to come to Miami, you got to be ready, you're not really sure what's going to happen. Yep, absolutely, couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Melissa, so much for joining us for today's podcast on Boss Babies and Bottles. Thank you for joining, we appreciate it. Of course, I loved talking with you, we love uh, being able to give you all some great tips for hopefully moving your business in the right direction. Yes, absolutely fantastic. And I'm going to link up everything of Melissa's on our podcast, of course, for you guys to check her out, check out all her good stuff and everything that she has to offer. Um, super excited for those of you ladies that have your businesses and are looking to take it to a different level. So thank you again, Melissa. So, 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 so much. I'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I cannot wait to chat with you guys soon. So make sure if you haven't already, subscribe to our next episode and follow my craziness on Instagram at ebjevents and at canal.twins. I promise you, something's always happening.